Welcome to Beauty Call Podcast. I'm Janice McQueen, pageant coach, author, and podcast host. This show is your beauty and pageant BFF, and you will learn skills to help you win that crown and beyond. Hi, everyone. I'm Janice McQueen, your host. I have with me today Chris McPeak. She is a dear friend. She is a podcast host for Elevate Your 8 podcast, and she's been on my show before, and I've been on her show, and we've oh, just yeah. become really great friends. She has a, an amazing podcast, and she is the author of two books. She wrote Elevate Your 8, 21 Days to Prosperous Time Management, which is something we're going to learn about today, as well as Making Work Work for You, Tips, Hacks, and Strategies for Finding Career Bliss. And she has another book on the way, August 4th. It launches, and it's the 9 to 5 side hustler. So welcome oh, yeah. to the show, Chris. How are you? I'm good, Janice. Thank you for having me. I you know, career professionals like yourself and experts that are giving value to people that are wanting to be in pageantry, but also I want to teach skills that are beyond pageantry. People don't always understand that pageantry is not just pageantry. It's really learning life skills that'll take you through the rest of your life. So we're going to talk with you today about all of your knowledge and productivity resume building and how we can strategize to be successful in not only our career, but in life. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you first though? Sure. Well, I identify as an educator. I've, uh, I've worked on college campuses the last 25 years and the first 20 of those was in college housing and residence life. So if you think dorm, then you kind of get the picture. And, and I did that career long enough where I knew I was good at it, but I reached the point where it was beginning to suck all the joy and the energy out of me. And I thought it is definitely, it's time for a change. It's time to do something different. And it was right around that time as well that my, my husband sort of began to get sick. And so we made a decision. We were going to move back down to Southern California. I applied for every job I was even remotely qualified for. I landed two interviews. One was at a housing job and one was in advancement, college advancement, which is the fundraising side of things. And strangely enough, I got the advancement job. So I have now worked the past seven years at a community college helping do fundraising and uh, scholarships, things of that nature. But let's see, I got excited about podcasts. No, I got excited about productivity and time management related stuff as I was getting ready to make that transition from the housing career to the advancement career. And in my last housing gig, I started a second master's degree in recreation management. And I took this course, which was sort of an intro course. And we had to do a project um, and talk about leisure. And I got really, I dug in really deeply to why, why people in the United States do not take vacation and why we need leisure in our life, why we need to take breaks and things like that. And it started to occur to me like, oh, I'm working in a field that does not really allow for me to have work-life balance. And I want to change that. I want to steer that ship. And I, I started really speaking out on that at the previous, at the previous job. And at one point, I was told that I was not being realistic. And that was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like, I have to get out of here. So so I got this job in advancement, moved back to SoCal, and then just really started making that um, a push for myself, for my family, but also for people that I was working with. And I was in a space now where I could actually go home at 4.30 and I could practice what I was preaching. 
So from there, I started listening to Allison Melody's podcast, Food Heals, and and we met through Allison's mastermind group, Rise and Bloom. And it was through through that experience that I initially decided to start the podcast. I had already written one book, The Making Work Work For You, which is all about work-life balance. But this whole Elevate Your Eight concept started brewing um, right around the time that I was getting involved in, in Rise and Bloom. So that's been sort of my life's blood outside of my day job right now is um, talking through this philosophy, um, which is Elevate Your Eight. Which I absolutely love. And it's something that I strive to do. And I'll be honest, I don't always get it right. So I wanted to share your best practices with not only the pageant podcast, but you're going to be also featured in my book because I think that productivity and managing your time and learning how to do things on the side, because we all juggle, we all balance, even though you're right. Americans don't take enough time off. And I think in mm-hmm. general, human beings don't take enough yeah. time off. So we need to learn to be able to do the things that we need to do to make ends meet and reach for your goals, reach for your dreams. And yep. and I happen to be a, a pageant coach and it's something I've done for, oh my goodness, over 25 years. I've been in pageantry for 40 years. <laughs> oh, that's hard to say out loud, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. And I kept thinking this, this is, this The reason I've been successful, I think, is because I was able to focus. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people don't know how to focus in life. They don't know how to focus in their side hustle or their loves or their dreams, their hobbies. And they certainly do not know how to focus in pageantry. So we're going to take your your tips and your tricks. And I bet you never thought that you would help pageant people. No, I'm actually I'm actually quite honored that you asked me. This is because this is I mean I'm and that I'm very excited to start listening to that show and to read your book too. Oh, I thanks. think that um, the world in general probably has a very skewed version of of pageantry, and I mean just in the in the short but almost not so short time that we've known each other, I've definitely been able to see you know below the crown and the sash and the makeup and the talent and all that, and and that there really is. There's a lot of leadership there. There's a lot of skill building. There's a lot of communication um, and and standing up for things that you think are important. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's great that you want to talk to your audience about this, and I'm just glad that you picked me to do it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> well, you are definitely the expert in productivity. So let's talk about that. Let's break it down. Um, and the way we're going to feature it in the book is I really do want to break it down so that girls understand that they do need to set time aside almost daily, just like you're going to sure. exercise. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to set time aside every single day to work towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And you need to know what that goal is. And so a goal can be, maybe I want to lose five pounds by this, this month. And by next month, I want to have my gown picked out by the following month. I want to have my swimsuit done. You know, there's different <laughs> goals and different timelines. If you're yeah. going to compete at a said date. Right, And I'll talk about this in the book of when I think it's best to start preparing and how to prepare. I believe in that every day should be as if you are on stage so that when you are on stage, it's almost like you're in a rehearsal. It's you've already, you already know it. You already know yeah. it. So productivity is tough though. How, what are your suggestions? Because you have the elevate your eight, 21 days to is it 21 days to private? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how can you teach this in 21 days and what does that mean? 
Sure. Well, the philosophy itself is is pretty simple. It's it's mathematics and prioritization. So if you think about honoring your um, your work life balance and working just eight hours a day, we're going to sleep eight hours a night because sleep is really really important. And so if you're taking a twenty four hour day and you subtract those first two chunks of eight, what's left is eight hours. And so when it comes down to time management, the only thing you really have to work or worry about are those eight eight additional hours. And those are the eight that we want to elevate and make the the most of. So what I start with, um, both in the book and in life, is getting people to start thinking intentionally about how long it takes them to do things. And there's tasks that we do every single day, whether we think about them or not. So most likely we eat at some point. We prepare for our day, whether we take a shower or have a bath or do a workout or walk our dog. Um, and, and whether you, you choose to identify it as a morning routine, but that's kind of what it is. We all have our morning routine. We go to our vocation, whatever that may be, or if we're still a student, we go to school. I think, you know, if you're, especially if you are a student or a younger person entering pageantry before you're out in the real world, um, there is your education to think about. So I would treat the work-life balance as the the school and life balance. So I think it still, it, it still fits the, fits the philosophy. So starting off with something simple, like how long does it take you to eat your breakfast? So, oh, it only takes me five minutes to eat. No big deal. Well, if you really sat down and looked at your meal and, and set a timer for what it is that you're exactly doing while you're eating that breakfast, chances are you're fake multitasking because as you're shoving the cereal in your mouth, you might also be scrolling on your phone or watching the news and that's a distraction. So yeah, you're eating, but you're not paying enough t- the same um, you're not paying attention to how long it's taking you to do that task because you're engaged in something else. And that's a whole other topic that I, I want to address. Yeah. And I'll address that in another part of the book. And maybe even during this chapter is that multitasking really is probably not the best way to make the best use of your, of your time, correct? Well, it's a big lie is what it is. We don't really multitask. Our, our brains aren't capable of it. So mm-hmm. I, I, and I actually heard this in a, in a, in for, uh, a session once at a conference a long time ago before I actually started knitting. I heard that knitting is the one task you can truly multitask because of the way that you use your brain to operate the dexterity in the needles. Um, although if I'm doing like yarn overs or lace patterns, that's hard to do. But if you're, if you're type, like if I were to just start typing right now to try to write an email while I'm talking to you, something would go wrong. Either the email would not get typed properly or I would flub up my words. So what we're when we when we say we're multitasking, what we're actually doing is switch ta- switch tasking. And we're running between we're running between the typing and the speaking. And somehow they're not so yeah, so switch tasking is is not helping anybody because we're not fully engaged in that one thing that we're trying to do. So when you're eating your breakfast while you're scrolling through your phone, A, you're not taking time to enjoy your food and and food shouldn't just be an opportunity to fuel ourselves. Food should eating should be an enjoyable experience and we should we should be grateful for that meal and we should enjoy it. But the the whole thing with the phone and the scroll and I'm as guilty as the next person, but when we're putting our face in that space like before we before we've done other things to get ready for our day, we're really 
we're giving our time and our priority to that thing as opposed to um, other practices that we could be doing to honor our day and and to make ourselves feel like we're making a contribution. And I and that's kind of flighty, I know. But when I when I think about the time I spend engaged in my my morning routine, I'm doing mindfulness. I'm I'm journaling. I'm writing, I'm reading something, and I'm spending time with my husband by, you know, we have breakfast together. So yeah, to get back to the notion of of multitasking and the Elevate Your Eight philosophy, digging deep down into finding out how long it really takes us to do those tasks, do them correctly, and then put those things together into what you're going to call your routine. A morning routine. I have a lunchtime routine, but that's separate and then your evening routine. And chances are the evening routine and the morning routine are going to kind of come together in a way that may equal those eight hours with possibly, you know, a kid's soccer game or a trip to the grocery store, or maybe you have a movie date after work, or you're going to go to happy hour with some clients or something like that. So, so those different activities fill in those other eight hours and we prioritize them by saying like, these are the things that absolutely have to get done today. These are the things that I might like to, to do today if I have time. And these are the things that probably not going to get done today, but they are important. I can get them done tomorrow or the next day. So we elevate our eight by figuring out how long it takes us to do all of these things. And in the book, I teach you how to track that. Um, the book shares links where you can go and use worksheets and you do a time on task every day and, and pare those things down. You do that at work and you do that at home. Figuring out the time it takes you to do that stuff and then you're mapping out those eight hours accordingly. Like from the time I wake up to the time I get in the car to go to the office is going to be 90 minutes. And so there you go. And yeah, and, and once you figure that out, like I said, the rest is gravy. So that's, once you've got that pinned down, then you're virtually unstoppable. Well, I love it. And I think it's something, again, I practice it. I try to practice it. I'm not there yet. That's why I say still practicing. I haven't oh, mastered yeah. it well, just it, yet. It is a practice. Yeah. <laughs> and I fail so many times. And I think especially this year, it's so easy to get distracted because oh, things are gosh. happening. Yeah. But so if I, just to repeat it, so because I want to make sure that I for myself, as well as those listening, and also for transcribing this to the book that hopefully everybody is reading. Yay! Um, yay! Is that you want to take the eight hours that you work and the eight hours that you sleep, because you do need eight hours of sleep. You have eight hours left over. Realistically, take a few days, maybe even a week, and jot down and, and determine how many minutes you're taking to eat how many minutes you're taking to commute, how many minutes you're taking for homework or whatever is a priority for you. Yes. And see what you have left over. And then that can fall into the category of preparation for a pageant or a musical instrument. Absolutely. Or, uh, you know, exercise I think should be in that must do, but maybe you want to put that in that category of what's left over so that you can see how many hours you can work with a personal trainer or sure. your pageant coach. <laughs> or your pageant yes, coach, yes. which should be Janice McQueen Ward, of course. Absolutely, because I'm going to teach you all these great things. And I have great friends like Chris, but it's all of that put together. And if you write it down realistically, then you can look for what a week looks like in the day in the life of who you are. You're different totally. than everybody else. You're a unique person. Yeah. And then you're able to leverage that to pencil in those things that 
that you do need to do in order to become that evolved person, that better person, whatever that means. I mean, I've said for my whole, gosh, adult life that I want to learn French. Shame on me. I have not penciled that in my (laughs) must-do calendar of my leftover hours of the week, but that is something that I'm going to do. And so this is a great philosophy, Chris. I really thank you so much. And I'll put the link to your book, of course, in the notes, because I want people to be able to have this type of, of worksheet. And for those of you buying my book, I will also have a calendar to sort of help you map out what what like my week looks like. I'm going to put my sure. week in there so you sort of see an example. Okay, so we know how this translates to people in school. We know how this translates to people at work. We know how this translates to people that have a side job or a secondary job or sure. a side hustle. So that is great. How long does it take to learn this habit once you start it to be able to really make it a focus in your life? I think it depends on which philosophy you buy into, but I think that the general rule of thumb, I've heard anywhere between 21 days to 30 days and 21 days for me seemed simple because it's, you know, three weeks. And, and in the book, I talk about using that first, first week to focus on the work-life balance, the second week to work on the sleep. And then the third week we learn how to elevate. So what, what got me thinking specifically for your audience, for the pageantry, and even for your goal to learn French is, so for the, for the pageantry, there's, a, there's an end date and that's the date that you're going to, to compete, that you're going to be on stage. So you work backwards from that. And, and I do this with any kind of event planning, especially like at, at school when I plan the scholarship ceremony, I, I know the date of the event and then I work backwards. And that, that essentially plots out my entire semester from, you know, actually tomorrow's July 15th. So the scholarship application goes live tomorrow. So tomorrow is the first day of the beginning of this whole cycle. And I would say probably with pageantry, you have, and I don't know how far ahead you, you prepare. It might be six months. It might be eight months. It might be longer, but you start with that end goal Mm -hmm. and, and you work backwards. So what are the steps that are going to get you, you know, what's the, the very last thing that you'll do? Maybe it's the fitting for your gown. Um, Maybe it's rehearsing your talent. Maybe it's practicing your speech, the different things. Figuring out when those things need to happen and, and again, working backwards. And I was thinking even for you, like you want to learn French. What do you want to learn French for? Is it because you want to take a trip to Paris or you want to go in the Peace Corps or something like that, but you pick that date that you want to have that goal, that thing, that event, um, that trip, that pageant, and and work backwards from there. So if you think like it's going to take me six months to learn French and you want to have learned conversational French by, you know, next summer, then, you know, you start in January or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think the same thing with pageantry or, or any other big goal that you have in mind exactly. is, uh, is seeing when that goal is going to take place and then come up with the steps that that go that way and figure out when your start date is. And then that calendar or the to-do list or whatever planning tool you're going to use to get ready to be there. And then you just start carving those day-to-day tasks into that extravaneous eight hours that you are elevating. Absolutely. And you you make them priorities. So maybe for the six months that you're prepping for your pageant, you're not going to any movies or you're not going out to the bars with your friends. Your extra time is being spent preparing for this, this big event. And you can, you know, 
go to the movies with your buddies when when the pageant's over. But it is, it's, you do have to make a choice. You do have to make a commitment to yourself to the achievement of this, whether, whether it is just to compete or whether you have your sights set on, you know, being the winner, whether you have your sights set on not just learning conversational French, but being fluent or whatever that goal is. Um, and yeah, and, you, and so other things have to take a back seat, but you know that ahead of time and you're, you're planning specifically for that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think this is not talked about enough in pageantry. And, and I also don't always get a chance to, to work that way with clients. But moving forward, I, I really am trying to emphasize being prepared because being prepared means so many different things. And sure. just like what you said, it's like if I'm, my pageant is going to be, let's say, next July, then to get a designer gown, you need at least a minimum of four months. And that's taking it, that's really taking your chances. Wow. So you would want to order that in maybe January when it's not quite as busy of a pageant season. And then the same thing for like a swimsuit and therefore, and also if you have like a certain budget and you want to work with a coach like myself, which I always recommend, I have a coach for my book. Everybody mm -hmm. needs a coach for something where they're more of an expert in something than you are. So as a pageant coach, you know, I, I have packages and let's say you have X number of dollars to spend, then you would map that out over the course of, let's say, XYZ months, nine months, I would say about six to nine months, then you know that you can um, determine what your, your budget needs to be to hire that coach. The same thing for a fitness coach or for a nutritionist. Right. So, and it sounds like a lot, but when you're preparing for a large event, like an, an Olympic event, or like your husband's a swimmer and yeah. he has a swim team and he's a coach himself, he prepares for those swim meets. Yes. So he is prepared, he's fit, he's ready to go, and so is his team. So it's the same philosophy. Yeah, totally. So thank totally. you so much for that. So, all right, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, we, with the calendar and finding the hours in our day to elevate those. And I highly recommend your book. I, I can't put it down. I, I bought your book, I guess, when we first met. And I'm a bit of a, uh, I'm not a slow reader, but I tend to have a little bit of, oh, I don't have enough time, you know? <laughs> So uh, this is why, this is why we, I need you and why people <laughs> need you because yes, I do have the time. Yeah. Uh, I need you to. You have the same 168 hours in a week that I do. Right. And it's all about focus. And people say, you know, focus on course until it's successful, right? Yep. Until it's complete. So I always say focus on your crown until successful. So I love that. It's a journey. It is a journey. And this process will help so many people. Is there anything that you want to add? that's from one of your other books that you might want to throw in there to help our audience be able to take these skills to their, their pageant preparation, but also in life? Yeah, well, I, it's not really from my book. Um, I've become a big fan of Allison Lewis's seven-minute life planner. Um, mm -hmm. I've been taking a class, a time management class with her and my my team at the, at the day job. And I, I love this planner because it treats every day as a blank slate and it gives me the opportunity to forgive myself if I had a to-do list from the previous day that had 20 things on it and I maybe only got five things done five things done. Okay, that's fine. The next day is a blank slate. So I'll carry over some of those things. And if they get done, great. If they don't get done. But there's a section where they're called five before 11. And after you do your brainstorm of all the things that you want to get done, you take a look at that list and then you move over the five things that you want to try to get done before 11 o'clock. 
And the idea is if you're getting five things done every day through seven days, that's 35 different tasks you're taking care of in the framework of a week. And when she puts it that way, it just sounds so amazing, but it it's also sounds mm-hmm. so simple. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole, there's a whole goal setting piece that goes with it. But um, I've really, I, I've enjoyed working with her these past six weeks in this class because our approach to time management is very similar. Um, I'm just chunking mine into this concept of eight and hers is in this concept of a seven minute life, but it's all the same. It's, it's goal setting, it's priorities, and it's, and it's determining the amount of time that you're going to, you're going to take on, you know, spending time on those things. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a workable thing and it really just boils down to whatever philosophy of time management or standard that you want to follow is that you have to be able to tell yourself, these are the things that are important to me. These are the things that absolutely have to get done. And I'm not going to let other things, you know, waver or get in the way. I, I talk about this on the, the podcast, uh, the brain suckers, the things that, um, you know, once you get your face in them, like you can't, it can't go away. Sometimes that's television. Sometimes that's social media. Sometimes that's, um, maybe playing a game, Candy Crush Saga or whatever, something, doing something with your pet, shopping. Some people, you know, oh, I'm just going to go in because I need toilet paper. And, you know, you wind up being in there an hour longer than you planned because, you know, you went down the makeup aisle and you decided (laughs) to buy some new hair stuff. And, you know, that whole story about, oh, I went to Costco, I went to Target, I only wanted to buy this and I spent $300 and I don't know how that happened. Well, duh, you didn't have a list and you didn't have a plan. So you weren't able to keep yourself on task. So I think it's, it's just about... It's just about telling ourselves that we need the discipline and that we we want to do what we say we're going to do. And and that particular philosophy is, you know, not just for time management, that's for life too. That's how people know they can count on us is whether or not I said I did what I said I was going to do. And so whether it's, you know, five before 11 or elevating your eight or your shopping list or, you know, you promised your husband you would take the trash out and do the laundry and you only took the trash out and he thought he could count on you for that laundry thing. So yeah, I mean, do what you say you're going to do and and live up to that. So that's really, absolutely. that's yeah, really that's, all it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And also making time for yourself throughout that and being on time. Um, and oh, I yeah. think that's extremely important and, you know, ask, and then allowing yourself forgiveness if you don't get it right. Yep. All the time. And I love the idea of a list. I've been following that philosophy a lot in the last, I talked about this on a couple of podcasts that I've been on, but I am really a huge believer in decluttering your life. Yes. And I have downsized. We downsized to a smaller uh, condo that we're renting in Santa Monica. And I really like the smaller vibe because I can, I have to have less stuff. And so I've had to declutter my life and it's by choice. And what that allows me to do, it it frees up a lot, even though it does take time to declutter and you have to make sure that it's something that you want to get rid of or something that doesn't serve a purpose anymore in your life, which is okay. Mm -hmm. Things can serve purposes, but not forever. It means that you've evolved from that. And I think that philosophy of freeing yourself up space is the same thing that you're doing with your with your time. You're freeing up yourself space and time so that you're able to do things that are important yeah. to you. And I do want to add, you know, we are talking about pageantry here and we are talking about potentially career choices, but the most important thing that can fill up your time in your calendar are the people that you love, your friends, your family, 
Those Absolutely. are the most important things and your self-care. So yep. never, ever forget that. That needs to be penciled into your calendar first and foremost, above everything else, your self-care, your family, and your friends, and taking time for that. And then the rest of it, you can elevate. So. That's right. Damn straight. <laughs> I love it. So Chris, thank you so much. I think these are great tips. I'm hoping that people will take this opportunity to not only read your book, but to take your sound advice and to take those eight hours that they have in a day and to use them for good and to use them to make themselves a better person, to have fun in their lives and to allow themselves to feel as if they are being fulfilled. Absolutely. And that's yeah. the best way to do it. And lists, lists, lists. I'm a really big believer <laughs> in lists. I love lists. You know why? Because I love checking it off. I love it checking it so off. so good. Oh, and I have different colored pens too. Ooh. Like everything that I write in is one color and I check it off with another color. You're which, more you advanced know, than I am for sure. <laughs> wow, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little out of out of limits, but um, yeah, I like I like color. So if it feels so good though to, to yeah. be able to, to mark something off your list that you were yep. able to complete and that you reached a goal. And count that as a victory. For yes. every single check, that is a victory. It absolutely so, is. So how can we reach you and how can we get your book? Sure. Um, my website is chrismcpeak.com and that's Chris with a K. Um, and as we get closer to August 4th, there will be lots of extra links and things, but it will be on Amazon. It will be for 99 cents. Um, and if you want to check me out on Instagram, it's at chrismaspeak, K-R-I-S-M-A-S-P-E-A-K. And if you would like to check out my swim team as well, if you were in the Southern California area, just go to silverpeakperformance.com. Well, thank you, Chris. You're a joy. And make sure to check out that book, The 9 to 5 Side Hustler, and of course, The Elevate Your 8 book and The Elevate Your 8 podcast. Thanks for being a guest on my Beauty Call podcast. If this is going to be something that girls and boys alike are going to be able to use to elevate their time in the pageant Amen. world. Thanks for having me, Janice. I appreciate thank it. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. Make sure if you're on Apple that you subscribe, rate, and review me on iTunes. And I would love your feedback. At any time, you could reach out to me on JaniceMcQueen.com and contact me or join my newsletter and give me the feedback of different subjects and topics that you would like to hear or if you would like to be a guest on my show. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Just